0: So China says, ah, we're going to do all kinds of drills and they send all kinds of boats in the Straits of Taiwan to scare the Taiwanese. They're not going to import uh, certain foods anymore from Taiwan, which they did. Uh, And there were a lot of cyber attacks. Now cyber attacks in China, it's serious business. They could shut you down. Um, And you know, they could shut us down, uh, at least temporarily. So. One of my go-to guys in foreign policy is uh, General David Petraeus, okay? And he and I have known each other for a long time. I think he's the smartest guy as far as Americans looking at the overall foreign policy picture. Here's what he said about it. Go. You
1: know, there's a lot of different takes on this, but the one that I think is generally broadly agreed is that there will be. Uh, repercussions as a result of this. There sort of have to be. Again, President Xi is in the final months of his own re-election campaign. In late October, early November, the party Congress will convene and re-elect him for an unprecedented third term. He hoped that everything would be nice and smooth. It has not been, uh, given Russia, given Ukraine, given the economy slowing down, given the real estate uh, developers collapsed and so forth.
0: Okay, so interesting point that the Politburo in Beijing may put pressure on Xi to do something. We don't know. And then Xi would have to do it if he wants to retain his job as president of the country. Now, it's not an election. They don't have elections in communist China. It's like Chinese guys sit around and pick somebody. And the person they pick is going to do what the Chinese communists want them to do. All right. But they do have economic problems in China. And that could lead to a lot of unintended consequences for them. But there will be repercussions. So does Biden know that? He doesn't know anything. And the big thing is, and I'll go back, and this is absolutely in stone true. Putin and Xi feared Donald Trump. They don't fear Joe Biden. Why did they fear Trump? It's not that Trump was this Dr. Strangelove guy who was threatening to blow the world up. No. But she and Putin both knew that if you insult Donald Trump, if you make him look bad, he's going to come after you. It doesn't matter whether it's the New York Times or Putin in Moscow. If you embarrass or uh, say terrible things about Donald Trump, he's going to try to get you. Everybody knows that. So that was an inhibitor to Putin and Xi, because they didn't know how he would strike back. They know that Biden will do economic sanctions, but he's not going to do anything else, which is okay at this point in history. But they don't fear Joe Biden. They don't fear him. But they did fear Trump. And everybody should know that. Now, on the overall foreign policy, as we reported extensively yesterday, the Biden administration has kept in place the CIA and NSA analysts who whacked Zahraheri yesterday. And I don't care if I'm pronouncing his name right or not. It's spelled that way. That's the way I'm going to say it. Okay. And I know as much about this as anybody knows because of killing the killers. The exact operation that took Zarahiri's life, two Hellfire missiles, the exact same thing happened to Soleimani, and we take you through it step by step by step in Killing Nikola. So if you haven't really read that book yet, you should. Um, it will increase your knowledge. The overall foreign policy that Biden has is, I'm not going to say it's weak, because we will go after the terrorists, and we're not letting NATO push us around. Um, Putin, as I said, is is getting punished for what he did. But Mexico. That's the next blow up. Do you realize that the cartels, the drug cartels run the Mexican government? They've run it. And and all you got to do is look at Obrador. His quote on July 13th, 2020, after the cartels murdered uh, all these people, uh, nine Americans, including six children murdered by the drug cartels in November 2019. Obrador said, quote, we will fight them, the cartels, with intelligence and not force. We will not declare war, unquote. So now, okay, uh, Manuel, you lost your country. Cartels do whatever they want to do. I mean, they don't don't fear Obrador and half of Obrador, maybe more, are on a take. That that's going to blow up. You think the border is bad now? Well, you wait and see. All right. And the narcotics traffic coming into this country, and the terrorists coming in across that southern border—that's really the worst part of Biden's foreign policy. So anyway, uh, summing up, you know, a mediocre president uh, would be a relief. We have a terrible president, and it's going to play out in China, in Mexico. Putin, I think Putin has taken a loss in Ukraine. So I'm, I'm not sure about the future of Putin. And that is the memo. Now let's bring in another point of view, all right? Because we always do that on the No Spin News. Darius Carmat is a Heritage Foundation research fellow. He is an expert in cybersecurity, intelligence, and emerging technologies. He used to be the former chief of staff for the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, under President Trump. And he joins us now from Washington. All right, so you heard me for nine minutes. Did I make any sense at all, <laughs> Mr. Cormack? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think
1: this entire, related to the Taiwan question and Pelosi's trip there, I mean, this was really bungled at the, by the administration from the beginning because, you know, still unclear who leaked that trip to begin with. Uh, but then from then on out, it was essentially unclear messaging from the administration if they were going to support that or not. And there was kind of this undertone. Of uh, telling her that she couldn't go, which essentially just pushed her into, you know, she had to go, uh, in my opinion, and and I, you know, I I supported, and I think a lot of members of Congress actually supported her ability to do it. I mean, Newt Gingrich uh, went to Taiwan in 1997 to less fanfare than what's happening now, and so it really just kind of gave oxygen for the Chinese and and she to amplify this even further and kind of make it almost like a a rock star event, which, you know, we want to be able to be there as a supporting partner in Taiwan. We have a lot of amazing relationships with that democracy there. Uh, But, you know, this trip, you know, really kind of got sideways by essentially kind of fumbling from the administration.
0: Okay, but did we need Pelosi to go there? Was that important at this juncture in history?
1: Well, she wanted to go. I think this was kind
0: of her swan song. You know,
1: she's I don't
0: care what she wanted. Did the country need her to go over there?
1: I do think it's important for us to signal to Taiwan our resolute support of their democracy, uh, because I think you've seen aggressive action from from China, especially in the last 10 years. Something that's just been not even noticed by the Western media is the aggressiveness, not just to Taiwan, but aggressive actions by the Chinese in cyberspace and the South China Sea, the development of islands, essentially with military connotations, ready to force projection of its, you know, theater way out into the Pacific. And so, I, I do think it's important, you know, and then, you know, from the, the standpoint of Congress being a co-equal partner and the Speaker of the House being third in line to the presidency, I do think she has the ability, and and you know, she has every fruition to go to China or to Taiwan if she wants to.
0: All right. But timing is everything. And we're not in a real great place here in the United States right now, economically, and certainly our poli- Biden policies are hurting country. So I, I, if I were Joe Biden and I would run the country a lot better than he is, I would have told Speaker Pelosi, look, we pick our spots. I've already said, and Biden did say this, China attacks, we're going to defend Taiwan. Now, whether Biden meant it or not, or whether we will or not, who knows? We don't know. Okay. But those statements have already been made. I would have said, look, you know, stand down on this. We don't want to exacerbate relationship, a bad relationship. When we've got the Ukraine thing and a lot of other things in the world right now, let's just keep it as calm as we can keep it. Does that make sense to you?
1: I see your point uh, 100%. I, what I what I think I would say is this whole bungling from the beginning. She was supposed to go there last year. And I don't think it would have been a, as big of news. Uh, but once it was leaked, and so those kind of conversations that you, you said, you know, essentially Joe Biden uh, or his White House should have had that conversation with the Speaker uh, in the past if that was the case of what yeah, they really that, felt. Kind of that's saying. never going to happen.
0: I mean, look the the at Blinken. That, look at the Secretary say he didn't say one word, not one Blinken word. <laughs> about this velocity trip. Milley did. Millie's, said, that is not a good idea. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Pentagon, didn't want it to go. And Biden going, oh, you know, the Pentagon doesn't want her to go. I, I can't stop her. But the Secretary of State said nothing. Did you hear him say anything?
1: Well, I would say in terms of the Secretary of State, it's been telling that when it comes to kind of these really tense moments, you know, who they've sent instead of Tony Blinken to go have, you know, frank conversations with people, including, you know, Vladimir Putin. And that was Bill Burns, the CIA. Uh, you know, a former longtime, you know, Foreign Service officer and ambassador.
0: Uh, yeah, they don't anytime- send Blinken. Right, uh, that's a very good point you're making. All right, on the other aspects of the foreign policy, I'm, I'm sure you supported the uh, waxing of uh, Zara Heri yesterday. I'm sure that was a good thing for America, sends a message. You know, these people are not going to do this no matter how long it takes. We're going to get them down. I thought that was fine. Uh, I don't know whether you've read my book, Killing the Killers. But, you know, we lay out that the uh, Biden administration did not tamper with the uh, terror uh, surveillance overseas, kept what Trump had. But inside this country now, terrorists are easily coming across the border. And that makes me pretty nervous.
1: Well, that's, you know, I mean, Zawahiri being gone is a, is a great thing to be celebrated. I mean, 20 years uh, of people looking for him, you know, my former employee in the intelligence, you know, former employer in the intelligence community, there's been people have been working on that case, people that have died looking for him uh, for a long time. So I'm, I'm happy to see his demise. Uh, but immediately the question, you know, begs to differ is what, what intelligence do we have of what's happening in Afghanistan in terms of it being a continued safe harbor for future terrorism? Uh, but also this kind of broader network of Al-Qaeda networks around the globe. And as you mentioned, you know, the Customs and Border Protection have picked up over 50 people that are on the terrorist list uh, crossing the border just in this last fiscal year. So this is kind of a blinking red alarm. Just, you know, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And we have uh, tomorrow we have the head uh, of the FBI is in charge of, you know, CIA and NSA don't do that, uh, testifying in front of Congress. That's going to be our lead story tomorrow. And I don't have any confidence in the FBI at this point at all, do you?
1: You know, I think they, they serve a really valuable function when it comes to like the day-to-day workers of what's happening in for, for a counter-espionage cases, for for counterterrorism cases. I worked with a lot of great individuals there who are trying to do their job to protect this country. I do think that there's been problems at some of the senior levels of management at times. Uh, by all means, you know, especially during the Trump administration, there was there were several times of abuse of some of the authorities uh, that, you know, that have been clearly noted by the inspector general. Uh, so there's always room for improvement. And, uh, you know, I think. Yeah, but Congress- I don't think,
0: Christopher Ray. I agree with you and I know this to be a fact in New York City, for example, um, the FBI works very well with the NYPD and that intel is very strong. All right. But once you get into the suits in your town in Washington, you got Christopher Ray and a whole bunch of holdovers from that corrupt Comey regime that haven't been replaced. And I mean, I have no confidence in these people at all. But let's get to Mexico, final thing. So my uh, fear is that this whole country is gonna blow up, Mexico, it's going. And they're experiencing the same inflation we are. Those people have nothing down there. That's gonna be more migrants coming here because they can't make a living down there. Um, obviously, Obrador can't run the country um, and the cartels are literally running it. Do you see it the same way?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, look at the southern border right now. And you know, like I said, you're, you're talking about you know, the lack of you know, paying attention to the domestic concerns that are happening just in Mexico alone. Right. Uh, a government that just literally can't support itself in any capacity barely in uh, very, you know, like I said, little or no you know, security apparatus. You know, I think there's some connections that we have, you know, to an extent down there. But like you said, the, essentially the cartels are running the running the asylum.
0: It's unbelievable. It's a narco state. It's just like Panama under Noriega, and you'll remember uh, Reagan went in there. It was a regular Bush, uh, and and arrested Noriega, the head of Panama, because it was a narco state. But now with this wishy-washy federal government, we have that'll never happen. Uh, Mr. Carmack, thanks very much. I hope you'll come back. Uh, We appreciate your point of view. Study out of Lancet, which is a very prestigious uh, psychiatry journal, just released study. Potent marijuana creating addicts worldwide. Told you. All right. Cannabis use disorder. People unable to stop using marijuana, even though it's causing health and social problems in their lives. Up 76 percent in Europe. God, let's legalize pot. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Okay. Told you. They don't care about Lancet studies anyway. They just want the money. They don't care how many DUIs there are. They just want the money. Let's tax marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. there's a new COVID vax coming, according to ABC News? All right. $5 billion investment by the federal government and... Moderna and Pfizer said they have new formulas of the COVID vax and it'll be available September 1st. I got four doses of this vax, not getting another one. Not going to do it. Enough's enough. I want to see a study on what the new vax from Moderna and Pfizer will do for me. I want it in writing. If I don't get it in writing from the CDC, And I don't want Fauci giving it to me because he's not a truth teller. I'm not getting a vax. Not going to do it. Had enough. I haven't gotten COVID, but I know people in my own family heavily vaxxed who got it and they had a hard time with it. So you're going to tell me it mitigates the COVID. Well, these people had a hard time. So Biden has got like 18 vaxes. He's got it twice now. Explain it to us. Federal government? No. Uh, Joining us now from Patterson, New Jersey, Dr. Bob Lujita, who is the director of the Institute for Autoimmune and Rheumatic rheumatic Diseases in the St. Joseph's Healthcare System. I don't know how you get that on a business card there, doctor. I can't even say it. But you know about immunity, okay? So am I being an idiot, not getting a new vaccine or what?
2: No, you're not an idiot. And there are a lot of people who are telling me that they're not going to be vaccinated again. Many people, as you know, and I know, including the president of the United States, has been vaxxed and he's been boosted and you've been boosted twice. I've been boosted once and uh, continue to get COVID. And I had COVID about a month ago after uh, my booster. So, you know, this is a very unusual virus, uh, Bill, and it's a virus that, like the common cold, recurs and evades the immune system. The good news is it's an upper respiratory virus, and it doesn't cause much damage like the Delta variant did back in the early days, which attacked the lower respiratory system and killed everybody. And we were on the front lines for that, and I hope that never happens
0: again. But All right, if- let, me, let me stop you there. So the virus mutates in different forms. It comes back, it goes in, it goes out. But at this point, what you're telling me, doctor, is that you, perhaps the foremost expert in immunology in the United States, don't have any confidence in this new vaccine yet. Is that what you're telling me? Well, no, that's
2: not what I'm telling you. I'm saying that if they design a, an Omicron-specific a number of possible mutations, which is possible because they do this with messenger RNA and they can take out a fragment of the viral genome and reproduce it in the laboratory. And that's what would be injected into you as a very specific messenger RNA against Omicron and the BA variants going after five. If that happens, and there will be data because the FDA doesn't approve anything without that, uh, then, then I'll get it.
0: But by it, way, it, it isn't it's there. The it's not there now. I, don't, no. I haven't seen it because we're watching it. It's not there now. And what you just said, nobody's going to understand that unless you have <laughs> a medical degree. So it's got to be put in, in terms of what do you have and what is it going to do? But, you know, yeah. we've been led down this path before, and that's the problem. In the beginning, they said, okay, we got a vax, and the vax is going to prevent you from getting COVID. That proved untrue. Then they said well, we got another vax and then if you take this, you won't get COVID as bad. Now, I okay. guess that's true to some extent, but not all extents, correct?
2: Right. That's correct, If you, it depends on your immune system and everybody's different. And that has to do with your genetics, it has to do with your environment, it has to do whether you drink too much, you smoke too much, you take illicit drugs, or you're extremely poor and your immune system doesn't have the proper nutrition then and then you can get a very mild virus which will kill you and so this is the uh, this is like a a crapshoot we don't know
0: yeah it's the x factor on how strong a person you are physically okay so i I would like you to keep an eye on this for us we'll you'll be our go-to guy when the new data comes out about this new vax whatever it may do we'll have you back on and you can explain it so that everybody even i understand it which is not easy i i'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes But now that I have you here, I want to talk about a campaign that I'm on, and I want to get your opinion on it. So about a year ago, I knocked out most sugar in my diet, okay, because I believe that sugar suppresses the immune system. And the more sugar you have in your system, the more you take in, the more prone you are to chronic disease and the weaker you are internally. Since I've stopped the sugar, and there are a lot of good substitutes now, food and beverage products, um, you know, I have a lot more energy and my physical well-being has been heightened. Is that your experience? That is my experience. And, you know,
2: it goes very well with the epidemic of diabetes type two that we have in this country and indeed around the world. And it goes with obesity. So if you cut out sugar and I mean, this is very difficult for a lot of people to
0: do. But oh, you, it's not easy. You, you got to be, be smart. You've got you to search for alternative products. So let me give you an example. Bread turns to sugar, but not sourdough bread. And right. sourdough bread, it tastes better than regular bread so that I'm, I'm a sourdough guy now, all right? right. The okay. worst of it is these drinks, these iced teas, these energy drinks. If you look at the label, they're giving you 70 grams of sugar. People right. don't know that. They don't know when they're slugging three or four of these drinks down a day that they're overwhelming their system with sugar. Finally, the fast food generation, which is garbage. This is garbage they're selling you, all right? Right. And that's why people are fat. But here's my beef. The government never tells you about this. They demonize tobacco to the extent that most sane people don't smoke cigarettes or pot, okay? But they don't do it with food because the food lobby is too powerful. It's so corrupt, am I wrong?
2: You're absolutely right. And do you remember a few years ago, the mayor of New York outlawed Slurpees for this very reason, because the evident obesity and the diabetes that was going through the roof and the fact that people were gaining a tremendous, particularly poor people who eat a lot of carbos, a lot of sugar, they were not doing well and they were suffering because of the high amounts of sugar that they were taking. So it's a good all point.
0: Right. Yeah, de Blasio was the guy you were referring to, but I don't think he, bland, he banned the Slurpees because of the sugar. Everybody no, it was, was Bloomberg. It was, it was Bloomberg. A Bloomberg. Okay, well, it's the same Bloomberg. thing. Everybody was throwing the Slurpees at Bloomberg. All right, so that's why he didn't want them. All right, that's a, it's a jest. <laughs> Doctor, thanks very much. Keep an eye on that vaccine. We'll uh, I want to have the best reporting on this vax that we can have. Okay. thank you very much for helping us out. So let's go to the oil gouge. So Biden is yelling at the oil companies for making obscene profits because of the jump in the price of oil. Well, Biden's right. (laughs) Okay, Um, with a caveat, let's uh, show the this is second quarter profits, just second quarter profits. Exxon Mobil. Almost 18 billion dollars in the second quarter. Alone. Chevron, almost 12 billion. Shell, almost 12 billion. And just in a quarter, that's their profit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, to put it into perspective, um, this is in 2019. by using promo code Bill at checkout, so please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. All right, get it up to XML gain, three point one three billion, gain four point one, and then Shell three billion. That was before COVID. Can't count COVID. So you could see how astronomically the profit for the major oil companies has exploded. Now, when inflation hits, and everybody needs to understand that, not only do the companies, whether they be oil companies, food companies, clothing companies, not only do they add the inflation to the price, but they add a little what they call vig in mafia circles, a little profit because they know you know. You don't know what it is. You're not. You don't have a calibrator about how much those oranges cost. You don't know. I throw a little in there. It's what the oil company's doing. See, so Biden's right when he says the oil company, but it's not the oil company's fault. That Biden attacked the fossil fuel industry, making it more difficult to harvest oil in the USA. So if you make it more difficult to grow oranges then orange juice is going to go up in price because you don't have as much of it. Got it? Has everybody got it? Biden did that to oil. That's what he did. They'll never admit it, but they oh Putin, oil companies. He is so incompetent, Joe Biden, it's just beyond belief. But again, um, you know that and we've proven it a thousand different ways. So in addition to the unbelievable profits from the oil companies, the stockpile of crude, the reserve, in the United States case, something happens, has fallen to its lowest level since 1985. Why? Because Biden's taken oil out of the reserve and selling it. Not only here, but China got some of it. Why? No, Biden won't say. Maybe it was a bribe to keep, to not shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plan. I don't know. But now we got a very low level of oil reserve because of altogether Biden. Okay. So I get a lot of letters about uh, Russia's not paying a price, blah, 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 boom, blah, blah. I want to play you a soundbite from March 2nd of this year. All right. Again, I'm I'm not trying to tell you what a genius I am. I'm trying to show all of our listeners on the radio and watchers on TV that we are a serious news agency that rarely makes a mistake. This is what I said. I was talking to Senator Joseph Lieberman on March 2nd, 2022. Go. His economy is done, too. If the sanctions, if they keep the sanctions in place, you can crush him. The Russian people are going to suffer grievously in the next few months, and they may overthrow this man, which is, I think, the hope of the West. Obviously talking about Putin. Well, now a Yale study out, just out. Yale, big Yale. All right. Says the Russian economy is in deep trouble. Quote, Russian imports have largely collapsed and the country faces stark challenges, securing crucial inputs, parts and technology from hesitant trade partners leading to widespread supply shortages within its domestic economy." Russia has lost 40% of its gross domestic product since the sanctions. 40%. Now, can Putin last? Will the Russian people rise up and overthrow him? They're all suffering because of the sanctions. And that's the truth. Now, I know other commentators, particularly conservative commentators, Said, oh, no, no, these sanctions aren't working. It's not true. They are working. But Putin has a very, very powerful secret police. You say one word against Putin, you write one word against Putin, he'll kill you. Or at the very least, send you to a gulag. You've got a very tight grip, like Maduro in Venezuela. Okay? Very tight grip. So we can't count on that, but it could happen. Yale study. New Orleans, one of the most interesting cities in the country, I love going there, is now the ninth most dangerous place on earth. Let me repeat. The city of New Orleans is the ninth most dangerous place on earth. The murder rate there is 74 killings per 100,000 people. By contrast, Los Angeles, much larger than New Orleans, six murders per 100,000. It's staggering. Why? Same old story. The district attorney of Orleans Parish is a man named Jason Williams, who will not enforce the law. So violent criminals are running wild in the Big Easy. It's always been a troubled city with crime. You can't even go into the ninth ward. So if you take a wrong turn and go into the Ninth Ward, you're going to get hit. The police cannot control it. That's how bad this city is. So they elect a guy who says, not enforcing the law, go do what you want. Now, the police department is trying to keep the Bourbon Street French Quarter open for tourism, but even that is dangerous. Now, that's New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Um, New York Times. I don't know whether you know this, but it has lost 50% of its readers in the last two decades. That's for the paper, the actual paper you pick up. I stopped it five years ago when they attacked me and lied about me. Um, and I will never read it again. My staff reads it and says, well, it's going on over there. Fine. Um, they now have a labor problem. This is the liberal New York Times, right? So uh, 1,300 workers wanna raise. They want a lot, 8% raise and 5.25% cost of living. That's 13%. They're in the union, News Guild. I'm in AFTRA, uh, SAG union. I'm not in the same union as the newspaper guys, okay? So this has been going on since March, 2021. There's no resolution. Time says, we're not gonna give you the raise. So there's a brawl over there. Now, the New York Times says it's making money on the Internet. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't care. CNN, they are going to fall below a billion dollars in profit. If you can imagine these cable uh, networks make billions of dollars, and that's because of me. <laughs> All right? Fox is. You know, Fox was created of nothing. The O'Reilly Factor dominated for 16 years at number one. And we created a unbelievable cash cow over there. Well, CNN is losing audience at such a rapid pace, it's down 27% in a year, all right, below the, their average is uh, 639,000 people that now their profits are falling and will continue to fall. There was an article yesterday, I, I think it was in the Washington Times, one of those. It said, look, you can't turn around CNN with the same people that... Americans know, you know, Brian Stelter, you can't do that. But apparently, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, because the company that owns CNN, the new company, Discovery, all right, they aren't going to release a movie called Batgirl or Batwoman, something like that, some bat thing, and they spent a lot of money on it. And they're not releasing it because they say, we don't think it's going to be a bomb and we're not even going to put it out because we'll lose too much money. So they are, that that company is not in good shape. Shark attacks. So uh, right behind the blue screen that you see me in about 50 yards is the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm lucky enough to be able to live in proximity to the ocean. Well, A third of Americans, one third of the population, will not swim in the ocean any longer because of sharks. Now, is a one in, I don't know what the stat was we used on a radio, but something like one in four million chance or something like that of you getting nipped by a shark. More common to get hit by lightning than nipped by a shark. So it's one in four million, whatever. It's about the same odds that Joe Biden has to be reelected. So you're not going to get bitten by a shark. But this is the media loves the sharks and whips it up. Last week was Shark Week, you know. So here are the stats. So far this year, 28 shark attacks in the USA, most on the East Coast. All right. And Long Island, uh, Cape Cod isn't having any. All right. But we've had on Long Island six in the last three weeks. Cape Cod last year, great whites were all over the place, but apparently the sharks have come down to Long Island. I have, maybe because I'm here, but I'm not sure. Um, But anyway, so uh, Florida, East Coast too. And the big boys, the great whites, they're out there. I mean, they they don't like come in when you're riding a wave. But the little ones, they're annoying, so they're around. But anyway, the shark thing is... Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532.
1: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse.
0: Let's go to California. It's a disaster, as you know. Everybody's leaving the most beautiful state, uh, I think, in the union. I mean, California is a stunningly beautiful state. Well, between April 2020 and uh, January this year, okay, 350,000 residents took off. All right. California has an outbound move rate right now um, of above 50 percent. Now, this is according to California Department of Finance stats, their own stats. Everybody's leaving. Why? Because crime's out of control, uh, rents and uh, to buy a house out of control. It's a socialist government there. Newsom is ridiculous. Why would you live there even if it is beautiful and the climate's great? So they're leaving. But it's not the worst. You know what the worst is? Illinois. More people leave in Illinois because they have the worst governor in the entire country, J.B. Pritzker, and in Chicago. Fifty three more people shot in Chicago over the weekend. Fifty three more last weekend, July 22nd and 24th, 60. So you add that up, it's 113 people shot in two weekends in Chicago. And what are they doing? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. So the Chicago Bears, the football team, says, you know what? We're moving out of Soldier Field. We're we're leaving. So the Bears have been in Soldier Field since 1921. They're going. Arlington Heights. They're going to build a new stadium there. Mayor Lightfoot begged them. Said, well, we'll build the stadium, new stadium for you. Nope. Bears are out. Gone. There you go. Smart life segment. Perhaps the most important segment we do every night. So I've told you about BillOReilly.com concierge membership. For a pittance, and I mean that literally, for very little money, you have direct access to me. So if you have a problem in your life, this is all confidential, by the way. I'm going to read you four testimonials, but I'm not going to use last names. Okay? If you have a problem and you write to me, we will try to help you solve it in any area sometimes we can't help but most times we can so here are four letters begin with Mary in Florida I'm not only a concierge member but a lifetime one I wrote to you O'Reilly during a time of just feeling overwhelmed by the current state of our country asking how to deal with it you helped me calm me down and form an outlook keep me moving forward thank you my husband and I both like knowing you are just an email away that's from Mary Jan in California I asked for your advice about our investments, given we are seniors and the possible uneasiness of the market under this president. Your response triggered a call to our broker who is now helping us monitor things. Thank you so much. OK, John in North Carolina. You gave me an excellent recommendation on where to stay in Antigua. So my wife and I spent a week there for our 20th anniversary. I would never have known about this beautiful place without contacting you first. Your advice was invaluable. And finally, Gus in Trabucco Canyon, California. My wife and I plan to visit New York to see our son and his partner in June. We were anxious given what we were hearing about the danger in the city. You let us know where to stay and how to visit. We went and had a great time even walking through Central Park at night. Okay, so I can do all of those things for you. Now, the best tip you need in your life, a doctor you Trust and know who you can get on the phone. Same thing with an attorney, who you can get on the phone, who you trust. And finally, you need an accountant, a financial person. Doesn't maybe have to be a certified public accountant, but somebody who could advise you on handling your money. You need those three people. You have to be able to get to them. Okay, that is our Smart Life segment. And once again, BillO'Reilly.com. Concierge membership, a must in this complicated world.
2: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID 19, the Trump Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not gonna find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, here's the final thought of the day. So I'm in Mass on uh, Saturday, no, on Sunday, 9 a.m. Mass, okay? And all the scriptures have to do with vanity and that it's, if you're, if you pursue vanity, you're not doing what God wants you to do because it's all personal vanity. It's all promoting yourself. But some of the gospel had to do with money. So accumulating money is vanity. Okay. However, I have always said on this program and to anybody who will listen, that You have to take the gospel and epistles and the Bible and apply it to today, which most clerics, priests in the Catholic Church do not do. So money, vanity, pursuit of money, greed, certainly, certainly. But you need money in America in 2022 to protect yourself. You need it. And you need to get as much as you can. Honestly, of course. Because if you get sick or your family undergoes a disaster like the floods in Kentucky or the fires in California, whatever, you are going to need money. And if people attack you, which happens every day to millions of Americans, you need money to get a lawyer. You're going to need money to protect yourself from evil. You have to accumulate money. It's not a vanity to protect yourself. Nah, you know, when I'm sitting there, I'm going, hey, what about that? Never going to happen in a church. I know it. But it's my job to tell you. Pursuit of money for material stuff, vanity. To protect yourself, no. See you tomorrow.